in Mariana, Florida. Boys were sent to school to change their ways, but were instead met with cruelty. This is just so awful. did you do i have nothing to joke about <laughs> sorry this, this is d it's charnel and i am responsible for <laughs> d's selling mood today because of the case i chose it's what it is if you guys know what it is already if you read the show notes and the title um but it is going to be a heavier one yeah it's something that's always taking up space in my head i've i've thank been you for inter- sharing you're welcome it's always been <laughs> no it's something that i don't know it's Because we think of true crime and we think of things that are, we think of serial killers and rapists and we think of people who have been caught or are still at large and that adds to the mystery of it or the litigation side of it. Like it's already in courts or they're being punished, they're put to death or they're in prison for life. And sometimes crimes exist that go unpunished. And this is one of those times where a crap ton of litany Way too many things go unpunished. So I'm just going to say right now, just the following story we're about to tell. Um, there's extreme violence. There's rape, child abuse, and death. Um, just listener distra- discretion, be advised. Okay. Um, Annie, what are you <laughs> I'm like taking it so serious because, you know, trauma is real. And this one, I probably think is out of all the cases we've done, the most intense. It is the most. I wasn't familiar with the story. I would say it is the most um, descriptive, and I don't remember how I heard of this case the first time. I don't know where you were looking. I don't even know either. But I, I it might have been a podcast. It might have been because when, like when you, for a time, because for a time, like I was in an, not in an institution, but I was in a group home where a lot of things went way left, and I don't know if I was looking for that or if I discovered it. While scrolling through Wikipedia one day and fell through the, the wormhole, oh, the yeah. black rabbit hole or whatever you call it. Of true crime. Of true crime yes. and just stumbled upon this. But it always struck a chord with me. And I think since uh, you kind of changed the pace a little bit with the skyjacking, yeah. um, I thought we could do this because it's still crime. It's just right. not just because people haven't been punished or haven't seen or faced justice for it doesn't mean these things right. aren't criminal and that these victims don't deserve right. some I, kind I mean, of dignity. Yeah, with, and, the, with the skyjacking, I was ready to take the show on different types of crime because crime is crime true crime is crime all crime (laughs) so i wanted to deviate a little bit with stuff that are solved and stuff so this is one case where it's like i said skyjacking was a little fun this is a little bit more serious this time because i don't do fun (laughs) because god forbid (laughs) apparently but these are the things that got me into true crime is like is the how can people be so terrible but before we get into it we do have some housekeeping Housekeeping. some incredible housekeeping Housekeeping. um i want to shout out our new patrons um, if you guys want to support what <laughs> you guys want to support, what did you do uh, in in this way? You can go uh, to the Patreon. There's different tiers, different uh, cool rewards, or stickers, or shoutouts on the show. Uh, there's a shirt. Cat, your shirt is on its way. Shout out to you, uh, Candice, Candy, Candice. Your stickers <laughs> on its way. Um, but there's stickers. There's live. Uh, there's live episodes. What am I talking about? There are <laughs> there are live chats with D and I, uh, and there's also bonus episodes. Okay. So just check that out. We have new patrons. Yes, I'm ready to. <laughs> so I want to shout out 
Abigail Dunk. Hey, Abigail. I like that name. Thank you. Uh, Cece Burstrom. Hey, Cece. Anna Leeper. Anna, hey. Cashel McLoyne. Hey, Cashel. And Justine Charters. Hey, Justine. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for uh, supporting us in that way. We appreciate you for believing in us in, in such a way that you, you put that uh, that kind of support behind us. That's not lost on us at all. Nope. Um, also, next news, CrimeCon. Crime, motherfucking con. Crime con is a thing. I'm dieting for this, you guys. I'm gonna be. You're, I thought you said you're dining no. for this. I was like, me too. You're dining. <laughs> I'm, I thought you said dining. Oh, dining. And I was like, me too. No, that's not what I'm doing. I'm literally swallowing air for this. <laughs> like, oh no, I'm so excited. Uh, if you plan on joining us in the Big Easy, uh, you can use our discount code, which I will spell for you. It's W, as in Walter, as in Walter. As in whack, as in what? I think you get it. D as in dog. <laughs> y as in you. I almost said unicorn. D <laughs> D as in D. Okay. <laughs> as in dog. One nine. So it's W D Y D one nine to get ten percent off standard badge prices. But also, if you're in the area and you're not attending the con, um, we'll be out and about in the city. Yes, I'll be turned drunk somewhere we're gonna be there for a couple of days yeah I'm, life. I'm gonna be there a few days before <laughs> I mean, i'm gonna be a day before and then a few yeah. days after so. so if you guys if there's enough of you in the area i can look through like the stats and see who is where but i know at least one of you whose name i cannot remember i'm always i always do this I was like you guys are gonna be in louisiana i'm like yeah we are <laughs> so if you are going to be around in new orleans or new orleans isn't far from you i am not opposed to a meetup uh, me neither. I'm all down for drinks and having a good time. Right. I might even buy around. I might be in a good mood. I probably won't be eating for the next six months. So, <laughs> you know, like I'll be fully eating when I go to Louisiana. I heard the food was amazing. Have you ever so, been? No. Oh, so I have good. a friend that been and she tells me about it all the time. So I, I haven't I been wait. since I was 16, but the, the food is delicious. Yeah. The culture is amazing. I can't wait. Um, I'm excited. I'm so excited. And now that we've gone high, we got to go low. And now we got to hit you in the guts. I am sorry. Lo siento to everyone who is still listening. Love you guys. All the new listeners, welcome. It's great. Mm-hmm. So we're, this case is the Florida School for Boys. Yes. Um, it first uh, opened as the Florida State Reform School in 1900. Mm-hmm. Uh, sits on 1,040 acres at the time, of land in Mariana, Florida. It's a little bit west of Tallahassee. In 1914, that name changed to the Florida Industrial School. In 1957, it became Florida School for Boys. And then ultimately became the Arthur G. Dozier School for Boys in 1967. It was named after a former superintendent of the school. So this is, it makes me so angry. But we're going to get to it. So by law, we're going to talk about the bare bones of what this place looked like. Uh, White and black children were housed in camps about half a mile apart, and they were forbidden to come in contact at any point, except for one point, and we're going to get into that at some uh, later in the episode. Um, And just like most things that are segregated, because we always forget that Florida is in the South, um, things were separate but not equal. Uh, lawmakers visited the campus in 1911 and 1913, and while they would describe that white inmates' quarters are neatly kept and they're comfortable housing-wise and children seemed kind of content, uh, the quote-unquote Negro school seemed more like a convict camp. So we could talk about how the black students and other students, uh, I don't want to call them students, and other inmates because that's exactly what they were of color were put to work most of the day and then when they went to sleep they were slept two to a cot 
without mattresses, the dorms had very little ventilation and they were so overcrowded. So this is, these are the two states of the two sides of camp. The dormitories for the wider side, the wider side, the white side were these kind of lush mattresses. They had space. Everyone's one to a bed. There's all kinds of things. And on these, on these grounds, there was a cemetery. There's a dining hall and a cinder block building, two cells in it. Uh, this building would be going on to be called the White House, mm-hmm. which is like these faces, like, I hate you so much, but it is. Um, and we'll be visiting what happened in this building a little bit later in the episode. But what I want to do, and I know that you want to talk about this because you're like, this is a, this is a what? Well, I have a, a few things to I'll throw it in there. Upon. Um, just some of the background of the school. I just want to mention so early on with the school, there's a lot of things that were happening. Um, 1903, there, there was a report that they were keep, kept in leg irons so the boys were kept in like it was like cuffs for your legs um yeah they were like and kept in chains they were denied food clothing they were naked you know i just want to get you guys started of where the school was and what they were doing very early on um in 1918 11 students were recorded to have died in a fire um sorry in the spanish flu epidemic sorry um but they were not named and there was the basically the they didn't record names and who they were, what what happened to these children very well in their documentation. So this is another thing we have to look at. Also, um, there was a boy that was there in 1934, got sent over for trespassing, and was dead 38 days later. No one knows why. Not recorded. Not documented. So these are the things that were happening in the school very early on. Right. This is like, you know, these are things that were said to have happened, but there is just no documentation of like, that's what I was trying to say, documentation of like what happened. No documentation available or who they were with these right. incidents. So, I mean, if for, I know it seems pretty extreme for, because I, I use the word school. So if you guys aren't aware of exactly, uh, or you sorry, aware of exactly what reform schools are, um, except for what you kind of heard in movies, like the bad boys in movies are always, they've always come back from a reform school or a military school, things like that. Um, a lot of them were essentially just aesthetically prettier versions of juvenile detention centers, like coupled with a school curriculum. Um, they were born out of the idea that finally younger offenders should not be housed with adult criminals, um, uh, because younger offenders tended to be more likely to be mistreated or exploited in ways, uh, by their older counterparts, including sexually, um, so there's a lot of things. So there's this importance of education and, and actual rehabilitation uh, <laughs> that became really important to people uh, in the late 1800s and 1900s. So separate codes, uh, law codes were created for them. And according to the Florida mandate at the time, which is in complete uh, contrast to what Dee just told us, uh, was that the school was not simply supposed to be a place of correction, uh, but an actual reform school where a young offender of the law separated from vicious associates which is key right there, may receive careful, physical, intellectual, and moral training. And just for some context, the school for boys typically housed uh, uh, inmates 10 to 16, and they were there for offenses like running away from home, uh, not attending school, or just constant delinquent behavior. Uh, It's described as incorrigibility. Like, Mm -hmm. just parents really not knowing what to do with them sometimes would land them at the Florida School for Boys. Um, but like Dee said, it did have a history, a long history of mistreatment and abuse of all kinds and mysterious deaths, uh, pretty much since it opened its doors. So when it closed in 2011, 
eight years ago. And it didn't close because of the things we're going to tell you today. It closed right. because of budget cuts. You're right. So <laughs> so let's talk about real quick, too. Um, at this time in American history, there was an idea of corporal punishment taking place in school. Um, if you don't know what corporal punishment is, it's caused a deliberate pain or discomfort, discomfort to respond to a behavior, a negative behavior. And so they would do things in schools like beat them with belts, wooden paddles, spoons, smack them with an open hand or hit them. Um, all of this was perfectly legal at the time. But where the school goes is takes it above and beyond. Yeah, and we're, we're learn. Um, we also know now that children who are exposed to corporal punishment, it doesn't help correct any behavior. No. Um, it's really... and. Actually, it makes them more aggressive later on in life mm-hmm. on how they respond to things and be resentful and more violent. I was so we say know that resentment is real. Yeah, they actually have a reduced ability to problem solve in their life. And I mean, of course, when you are around adults who solve your problems by beating you, you won't be able to therefore be an adult and solve problems as well because your response to that is violence. Or is to beat the problem away. Right. And this also hindered academic achievement. So corporal punishment in general at this time was legal. Um, right. Still is in some places in the South. BTWs. I don't think they totally did away with it. In well, the South is just... The South, the South has... Uh, <laughs> Not to like bash the South in any like in the way that it's gonna sound like it, but there are a lot of places in the South where they have been slow to be up to federal right. uh regulations and things like that. There's uh I can't remember the name of the town. I wanna say it was in Texas that just integrated schools. Because what happens is that you'll say segregation is now illegal. You can't segregate schools, but a lot of things happen by self-segregation for safety issues. Like, so a lot of, if you have history of racism and racial violence, black folks tend to stay together and you'll pass zoning laws and housing laws and things like that, that keep people separated so that they stay at a certain school districts. Um, so there's just a lot of things that keep that end up with this. Right. Um, and so I also keep in mind, and I just want to put this out there. I'm not excusing this behavior at all, but we have corporate punishment going on in a school there's also staff burn burnout and proper training and just plain evil people that yeah. are in charge. You don't know what their intents are. They're the ones responsible for giving out the punishment. Right. And, and I want you to keep that in mind when we t- start talking about the story. But also to remind everybody that a reform school is, again, not very much a school. Its purpose is right. correction. And <laughs> so, like, I, I, and so I, it makes me sad to keep calling it a school because academics played such a little role in what happened in this place really did. Um, because we talked about how you know the all the things that happened but there was they would lease out these inmates these young kids to people to work for free essentially they'd pay the school and pay the workers there but they'd lease out these kids essentially to do to do whatever god knows what on people's property and you have no idea how they're being treated and because they're being treated like trash at this institution who are they going to tell they're really going to feel the safe to be like, this person mistreated me. Like, well, you are too. So, you know, mm-hmm. so there's all these things that go down. And just to touch on the thing you talked about earlier about um the fire. I Yeah, I mentioned it and like my eyes got messed up. There was a fire though. Yeah. So there was a fire. Um, There's a dorm fire that took the lives of six of the youth and two staff while guards were in town at a brothel. So like this is, these are the kind of people they employed at this school. It was insane like she talked about the kids being shackled in chains being denied food starving them being naked again being beaten the youngest of these kids were five at this time right 
according to like official records. And there's so many now, there's so many investigations that have been done into this. And I'm like, it's so, you guys are so late. Um, but the stories and the reports widely spread about the abuse here, uh, that these young men that had to deal with at this school, it goes beyond just these inhumane restraints and the solitary confinement. Um, this is, there's so many types of abuse, but this is like an institutional abuse. Um, if you're not sure what that is, it's just like the mistreatment of people uh, or a person by a system of power. A good um, thing to look up is institutional abuse with um, intellectually disabled people. Right. Um, if you look up that, there's a long history. And it, too, did not get rectified until, like, the 1970s. Like, right. so um, they essentially treated them probably the same. Yeah. I mean, but that happens a lot in mm-hmm. kind of, like, nursing facilities, uh, long-term care. Yeah, any um, Any institution where there's a, po- a dynamic of power where somebody, the vulnerable... Um, can be is at the mercy of anybody. If you drop jail. someone off, jail, jail is, uh, is a big the, one yeah that, the obvious one. Goes, still goes on. Yeah, so that goes from physical abuse, you know, the hitting, the shoving, spitting, psychological abuse, which is bullying, constant threats of harm. Um, commonly, it's isolation. Uh, then the sexual abuse goes into you know the, inter- uh, the inappropriate touch. The um, some of the things I was reading about were like uh, oral and digital assaults. You know what digital means. Um, if you don't, it's a finger, Hands. um, yeah. Yeah. rape, uh, and which can lead to, you know, the shame and things that come with that. Um, and though they tried to really paint this picture of a reparative environment, which it was not many of the things that happened in adult prisons still happened in this school. So right. a lot of the people reported that bullies were still a major problem at the school. They're intimidating young boys, um, giving up their food. A lot of them ended up underfed. Uh, the older, stronger boys were raping the younger boys. Yes. Um, in addition to the the abuse that was brought down on them from the guards. Right. Um, and even uh, some of the boys talked about that rape dungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a room essentially under the dining hall where they were like dragged and sexually assaulted by the guards and staff members of the school. Mm-hmm. So even though they, again, all these reformers decided that reform schools would be the way to go, right. they're still not doing anything to nip these like, in, I don't know the word I want to use, atrocious, like, behaviors. Right. And to actually rehabilitate I mean, youth. if you're going to take the same guards that are doing it in the adult prison and stick them in the school uh, for the boys, they're going to meet with the same faith. So. Yeah, I mean, And it's essentially hard. they did. Like, I don't know what qualifications these people had to work with children, but this is probably something that they weren't looking at at that time. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> now you, you have to have X amount of experience right. and this kind of education to, to be within 10 feet of. <laughs> but back in the day, if you just, like, so and so is good with kids, or a strong, stern hand, and a firm voice, like, you should hire him at your school. I'm like, nah, no. bro. Like, if any, point, if any point where kids are terrified of you, that's, that's always been my thing for me personally. I would never want kids to be afraid of me. Right. Like my nieces and nephews, they they know that I have I have the ability to do damage just because I'm huge, mm-hmm. you know. But they know I would never do it right, to them. Right. Like if they're it's scared, it's about respect. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh-huh. I don't want them to be afraid of me. But they tell fair. me everything. Right. Like if I say, "Are you like yeah, I'm in trouble?" Yeah, you're in trouble. <laughs> and they're like, "I was like, what did you do?" They're like, oh, "I told my teacher to shut up." Like, I want them to carry that throughout their entire lives. If something's wrong, if they need help, be as honest with me as possible. Like, kids should never be afraid of the people who are in charge of them. Of course. Or have charge over them. That's not the idea that they had in the school whatsoever. (laughs) That's why corporal punishment is stupid. Your kids shouldn't be fearful of coming to you. Um, And we talked a little bit about, uh, just touching on the abuse here. 
uh, and we talked about that cinder block building. And this was the White House. And the White House was essentially, uh, yeah, it's 11 rooms. It was meant to be a place where you'd go. It's like the solitary kind of confinement place. The rooms were really small. It's a kind of squat building. Uh, but this place was home to some of the most brutal stories of institutional abuse I've ever heard. Uh, and to be honest, I was telling D off the mic that some of these stories I read, I teared up. And I just didn't read them. I glanced at one story and I was like, I'm done. They are intense. I'm, fi- I'm finished. <laughs> like, I'm finished. So, I have a very sensitive spot with children and same. child abuse. Like, it, right. it's really something. Like, I actually avoided working with kids in, like, my career career for a long time. So, uh, I wasn't going to read it. All right. And so, an in, in investigation... Uh, by St. Petersburg's Times in 2011 really sparked all this interest in the school. Right. Um, and it also sparked the creation of the White House Boys Organization, uh, which now has had hundreds of members. They're just survivors of the school. And on their website, uh, it says that they are, that every one of us who survived the beatings are the White House Boys, earned the right to become known as a White House Boy. Um, the physical pain, mental anguish, and terrifying fear will live with us until we die. The after and side effects are never entirely extinguished from our memories. We are white, black, brown, strong, weak, tall, short, fat, thin, bald, long-haired, sick, well, smart, fast, slow, rich, poor, and accompanied by numerous other physical afflictions like bad backs and lower joint problems. We have a wide variety of emotional issues that cover the complete spectrum of mental disabilities. Um, If it has a name, one of us lives with it, and we are everywhere. There are hundreds of us, probably even thousands. Some of us have become moderately successful, while others have climbed the ladder to the top and became rich and successful. But the vast majority of us have only reached success through our families, our children and grandchildren. We relive our youth through helping them be children who are happy, well taken care of, and never emotionally or physically abused. This is where we finally learn unconditional love through those we leave behind. I'm going to tear up. I was like, that's ins- it's... Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. And, and they, I mean, it's a lot longer. We're going to put a link to their, their website yeah, in the show yeah. notes. But, but that was me abbreviating. Yeah, yeah, you could read their stories. Um, and I, I mean, commend these men from all over that have the courage to talk about their abuse and trauma. Because that's not actually a norm. That is not a right. norm for their time, especially. especially um, so to be able to come out and say these things happen to me and share their stories with us, it's just like I commend these men. And, you know, show them a lot of respect because it's not easy to say I was a victim of abuse. It's not easy to, because these, a lot of these gentlemen are like older. They're well, you know, maybe 50s, 60s, 70s. They're older. So it's not easy. They didn't grow up at a time where like this was something that was encouraged. It's still not a time where it's encouraged. So to be able to share, you know, it takes a lot of bravery and it's unfortunate that Basically, there hasn't been an outcome, like we said. Yeah, and I think what's really important to remember in instances like this, and I know if you are a victim of abuse or are still a victim of abuse, were um, it's easier to share your story when there are other people who have had like experiences come forward. Correct. That's why you see when issues like, uh, for instance, Bill Cosby, mm-hmm. like once someone says someone is brave enough to say, you know, me too, mm-hmm. then they're like, yeah, also me as well. Right. And it's, it's easier that way. These men had the support of other people with those experiences. And I, I encourage you to reach out to, uh, to their support peer, there's peer support groups. There's yeah. so many, so many people in resources out there for you to reach out to who share those experiences and you don't have to feel like you're carrying that by yourself and this is uh, this case is so much different than any case we've covered because there's so 
many victims both so dead and alive. alive and you know it's we're gonna talk about a few but there's so many with this case because i want to say almost every boy that went through this school went through something yeah and i don't think anybody went here and because even Had if you didn't experience anything right. from the staff right. like the people i was reading some of these stories because a lot of them have done personal interviews with other like the miami herald and things like right. that and, I, I and have been very forthcoming with what happened and some of them one of the oh, I can't remember his name, and I have it. I had it pulled up. Uh, he was talking about how he was like five ten and one hundred and eighty pounds. He was bigger than every other boy there, um, in every dorm he was put into until he had gotten in trouble, right. um, and he had finally like I guess the the house master, what we would call them, the an RD for people in college years, I guess, uh, <laughs> whose kids used to live at the school too. Like their daughters, I guess, had gotten very close to this one boy. And the housemaster didn't like that, so sent him to be with the quote unquote kitchen boys, who are the older boys ready to like age out. Oh. And so now he's not the you know the biggest fish in the pond anymore. And so like the power change and dynamics that happened there, and how they put him there specifically because they knew that he would be abused and beaten up. And right. so it's it's insane. So I mean, all the instances of abuse we're going to cover today are of these survivors, and like. We, we've already said that we joke a lot, but today is going to be one of those where it's at a complete minimum. Right. Um, so we gave if you the trigger. If I'm quiet, guys, I'm probably in the corner crying. I'm <laughs> just looking at her. <laughs> uh, but there, these trigger warnings, like we talked about the physical, psychological, emotional abuse, the sexual assault. Um, and these punishments are described in great detail. Mm-hmm. Um, with one of the White House boys, Richard Colon, uh, describes what he remembers of the uh, the White House. And the White House, you have to remember, too, is that these very cramped spaces. They're, it's a small, we'll have, we'll have pictures on the Instagram and on the Facebook and things like that. It's a very small building. And with the amount of abuse that happened here, it's, there's blood on the wall. It's intense. It's, there's proof. So he said that uh, the boys were told to lie on their bellies when they were brought into these rooms. There were two cells. One was for white kids, obviously one was for black kids. And when they were brought into this room, uh, they were laid on this bed. And you can picture a metal bed frame with a metal headboard area and, like, frame. So they were told to land their bellies and grab that frame, the metal railing at the head of a bunk bed. Uh, And the mattress, he says, was covered with blood and bodily fluids. The pillow smelled like body odor, and he even says it was flecked with tiny pieces of human tongues and lips from when boys had bit down on themselves too hard. And the strap itself was kept under the pillow, and it was attached to a wooden handle uh, and, the, and they apparently, according to one of the survivors, Straley said that these guys knew what they were doing and they actually prided themselves on the fact that they were doing this and that they could bring blood with one blow. And they were also told that if you squirmed, if you screamed, or you tried to jump off the cot, like they'd stop beating you, but you start over from the beginning once they started again. And they never knew how many, uh, they called them licks because they're from the South and the 60s and 70s but how many hits you were going to get until they were done with you um and so we're gonna go into some of these stories and like i said i also want you guys to keep in mind some of these boys were here for skipping school trespassing they weren't egregious things that they did right i i just want to keep in mind some of them were here for like like stealing something from a store like it, it was very minimal yeah some of them were not yeah some of them some of them were just there because like I said parents didn't know what to do with them and we all we all met difficult teenagers and I am of the mindset and there are people who 
unfortunately will disagree with me that this is not the kids don't deserve to be treated in this way based on breaking the law. There are a lot of people who are like, well, if there aren't criminals, that's not where we are right now. No. They These are children. Again, no. ages 10 to 16, typically. I guarantee you probably some of what these kids did, you did it when you were a kid. Absolutely. Your parents just didn't send you away. Right. Like, you just didn't get caught. Like, stop it. So, the first story we're going to go to, we're going to talk about Larry Houston. He was some from, um, from St. Petersburg, yeah, Florida. Yeah. yeah, that's the only one I read. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's the only one I read, and I was like, I'm done. But he talked about his first time going into uh, the White House. And he had come from a family uh, where they were kind of on the, uh, the rougher side of things. And he'd gone to, this is terrible. To read out loud again. But uh, he'd gone to the White House with three other boys. He had gotten, they were going to be punished. Um, they just were out of line. And he would just go on to say that the smell of the place was musty and it was stale. Uh, and they were told to sit in a bench. And the two people who were really uh, the perpetrators of this abuse were Mr. Hatton and a Mr. Tidwell. Tidwell. And one of them was called the one-armed man because he'd blown off his arm. With a shotgun at 16 by accident. Sure. <laughs> Reasonable person to take care of children. Exactly. He sounds like he's got all his things together. Yeah. So, Mr. Tidwell told him that you have to drop your pants, lay on the cot, and bite the pillow, and grab the bed rail, and look towards the wall, and don't say a word, or they'll start all over. And then Mr. Hatton reached under the pillow, grabbed the long strap, and he says, the first blow was so hard, it felt like my whole ass was split open. And when he screamed out, he was told to be quiet or they'd start all over again. And he says that Mr. Hatton beat him up and down his legs and his butt as hard as he could. And he lost count at 39. And he told him to get up, pull up his pants, and go stand in the hall. And after that, he talks about going into the shower. And this is the part that broke my yeah, heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the part. I, I'm like following you because yeah. I have it on here. He says that he was in so much pain that he could feel the blood running down his legs. Um, and he went into the locker room, went into the shower, and he could barely get his jeans off because of the swelling. And when he finally managed to, his underwear was literally beaten into his skin. And they had to be peeled off of his body. And you know, he had already been black and blue. And it took him almost two weeks to heal up. And he never thought about running away again. That was why he was beaten like this, because he tried to leave leave. the school. Which is everyone who, as a teenager, would not try to run away. Even if they weren't abusing you in such a way, it's... Like, this is not what you're used to. At this story, I was like, I'm done. I was like, "Mm, through. So, that's the only story I had read. Because when I went, the peeling of the underwear, I was like, "Mm, mm mm-mm-mm. Yeah, so unfortunately, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the stories are very very similar, um, and I just it's the descriptions that get me sometimes. Mm-hmm. And there's another one here. We're talking about uh, Johann Wagner, John Wagner here, and he was he was very descriptive of what he was looking at. He says that the memories of the White House are vivid and stark. And after seeing only a few pictures of what he had found on the website, he uh, the White Boys web White Boys mm-hmm. the White House Boys website. That, like, those feelings came back to him. He remembers the bloody walls. He remembers the cot that he had to lay down on. 
they talked about having to hold on to the bars and remembering the first jolt of being hit the first time and after the first one and kind of like passing out and just like going numb after the first few and losing count. Like that's how many times they were hitting these kids. Mm-hmm. We're just, and it's, it's insane to me that I think, I don't know when I was reading it and I remember reading the comments. Cause you know, if you go to like, uh, the St. Petersburg Times or Miami Herald or the Tallahassee, whatever, mm-hmm. at the bottom of every page is like Facebook comments because mm-hmm. the article had been posted on Facebook. Facebook yeah. And the first thing, and I hate people like this so much, is, and what were the parents doing? <laughs> when you send your kid to a reform school, it is like jail. And I have to keep repeating that a reform school is not really a school. No. Like you are forced to, you're told to learn because one, yeah, like for you to be a functional adult when you're out on the other side, that's important to have an education. But they were meant to kind of shift your thinking and to shift uh, and to correct you. And so these parents sent them off knowing they would not see their kids for months at a time, sometimes years at a time. Right. And this is what happens. These kids were being beaten um, and some, and one of the boys even reported seeing a boy, a little black boy being beaten and going limp and then being put in a wheelbarrow and being wheeled across the street. And he never saw that little boy again. So these people are being either beaten within inches of their life or being killed by these people. And some of them were thought to just been incinerated. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of, this is the thing too, is that a lot of people, some, some of them weren't being looked for, you know? So it's. Can't I mean, <laughs> yeah. Can't do you got more stories for us? I do. I won't <laughs> stay too long. But just, I'm just thinking about some of the things that that the boys had gotten, like, sent to this school for. That's what pissed me the fuck. That is like, what. That's what threw me off. Like, it's nothing compared to some of these kids now. Right. Like, and I mean, we've all grown and. The information is available that this is not okay. But even thinking of George Schools, he says he he and his friends they stole a car from uh, the Stuart Lincoln Mercury in Hollywood, Florida, and they went joyriding, and they just ditched the car. And the police found it, and they found out it was him who stole the car, and they put him in a county jail. And they decided that they were going to throw him in there. There was a juvenile delinquent. They were like, we're going to send you to Florida Boys for School for Boys. I'm going to call it the FSB because that's how it's abbreviated everywhere. Right. And he had heard of the school. And the reason he had heard of the school was because the reputation was starting to bleed out into towns nearby. Like, people realized the atrocities that were happening here. And once again, nothing was being done. We had lawmakers visiting the school and realizing that that the buildings were in disrepair, that people were being forced to use the bathroom in buckets and things like that. Like, it's just people were coming here and nothing was being done to really change it outside of doing it on paper. And so he says when he first gets there that it was a whorehouse. His life totally changed. And he was there for 13 months and three days. And so he'd read all these rules. So now I want to hear, I want you guys to hear these rules that come into play because these are disciplinary uh, regulations that were there in 1958. That no fists should be used on the boys. That no guns were allowed to be carried. Disciplinary action was to be taken only after administrative hearings. The boys were to have a doctor available 24-7 in case of an injury. They never had a doctor available. There was no solitary confinement allowed. Doors were to be taken off or 
the rooms at the White House, but they were allowed to shutter the windows. <laughs> really? And the shutters were steel, bar- steel bars. That made a difference. So it's it's gross. And so they made this kid, he worked all day. Uh, he had to mow lawns, work fields. He dug ditches. He got rid of all the human like waste for everyone who knows what that is. Um, and of course, if he didn't do what he had to do, um, he had dug up, they would beat him if he was too slow. And one day he says he dug up an old paddle uh, that was made of layers of leather. So like where, so why was this in the field? So they're beating these kids as they're working. You know, like it's, it's insane to me, the level of abuse here. And it's like, it's, it's hard to think of because it's hard to fathom because we do live in 2019. And it's, it's, I don't know. And so he, he goes on to tell us that he tried, thought about running away. And he brought it up to another boy about running away. And somebody heard the conversation. And Mr. Tidwell approached him. He says that he, brought in, he was brought into the room with the two bear cots. And he remembers that musty smell. He says, this is something he wouldn't ever forget. He says he started beating us. Hold on to the bed frame. Again, same story as everyone else. Mm-hmm. He's like, and if you let go, he's like, I'll have the kitchen boys hold you down and the count will start all over again. And remember, the kitchen boys were the biggest and oldest boys right. at the school. So he does this and he says that he stopped counting after 35. And he said that his friend who was there with him couldn't take the pain. And he could hear him screaming in the other room. And it took him weeks before his injuries healed. And before, and it's just... You got to think about the resentment that comes into this. And I want to talk about institutions for a minute. Um, Well, that's the thing is (laughs) because you think when you hear the stories of overkill in serial killer cases or it's like someone kills their abuser and it's (laughs) and it's they're met with such extreme force when they're killed Mm -hmm. that, you know, like they they see them as these huge monsters that you need to decimate in order to take down. And I'm sure they're looking at. Uh, the two of them as these two giants right. with the syst- with the criminal justice system of Florida, mm-hmm. you know, supporting them. Like, what could you do and where could right. you go? If you ran away, you got beat. Yeah. Some boys were shot at if they ran away. So it's like, what do you, right. what do, you do from here? Right. No options. And I just, uh, I have no idea how to, uh, it's, it's a whole mess. It, it was a lot of, abuse and it was like i said unfortunate and what goes on and the fact that the school remains open till 2011 is just beyond my like i mean well they did say they did change people who were there um it later was i think part of the child protective service system for um them they they switched a few times but they still said the history of like violence still never really left no we need to not that to you know, not that extent, but it's still never. It's really hard when something starts out so incredibly embedded in violence or hatred or cruelty. It's hard for that to change just because you change the people. It's hard right, to change right. culture. Culture, right. Um, yeah. You could, you could think of America. Like America began out of bloodshed. And treat and cruelty towards people. It just did. 
And it's hard to shift that because, and people don't change unless there's incentive to change. Until people are held accountable, like these these men, the staff here, weren't held accountable for their actions. Right. So if you're not being, if you're not forcing people to change their negative attitudes, their violent or negative and toxic behaviors, what's going to happen? It's going to be repeated mm-hmm. over and over. You're going to switch out somebody, but somebody from the old school is still there. Right. And this is how it's done here. The boys, at least, are still affected and traumatized by it. Right. And they have that culture of violence. So how do you stop the boys who are now affected by what you've done? Right. You know, it's I. it really blew my mind, like, how, how wild this... The, I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> it's like that we had this it's just it's just the magnitude to like this is and i was thinking like this would be a good like season of american horror story and this is a horror story like this this would be a great like season because this is like a horror story yeah i mean think about it. these kids were beaten and bloodied to the point where like they couldn't take off their clothes and they were there for such things as stealing cars skipping school Taking money from their parents. Trespassing. The one kid that got there for trespassing never showed up. Like, he was only there for 38 days and then gone and never one ever saw him again. And that's the thing, too. And one of the, and one of the stories, it tells us that they were walking along the railroad tracks. They never even got far off the campus. And they saw a state trooper. And they started to run. And the state trooper shoots at them. And then when they get back to the school, again, here's Mr. Tidwell with the strap. You know, and they, they weren't even running right. at this point. They had found a plane. They put clothes on because they were warm clothes. You have to remember that these boys were also, a lot of times, underfed mm-hmm. and thin, whether it be from the staff punishment or older boys taking their food. So it's it's hard to really navigate what that feels like or what that looks like. But like you said, I commend these men for really like stepping forward and saying, this is what happened to us. And it, it broke it broke my heart to read that they have they said we live through our grandkids our children, right. but I mean it's just mm-hmm. it's insane to me how this happened. And I mean we could talk about the closing, the closing, but we could also talk about the cemetery, <laughs> which isn't. I mean, there is still a lot to be said about the cemetery because there are people still missing. Um, that are never accounted for, but I mean, after they exhumed and dug up the grounds, I think this is after they closed, they found a cemetery with uh, 55 bodies officially uh, for now. Um, but they're, they're saying up to 100. They don't know. I think they don't know where the black boys actually were buried as well, if I'm mistaken. A lot of these were the um, white. Yeah, so for to paint a picture, this cemetery, you are yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. I'm like, leaning. You see me leaning back. I was like, woo, yeah. But to paint a picture, there are 31 crosses in the cemetery. Why a school needs a cemetery? Don't ask me. Right? <laughs> what? That, that, did this. you? Okay, so it wasn't only me who was like, "What the fuck is this? Why is there a cemetery on the grounds?" Like, you I send cannot... the body back to the families, right? Because. Right. But that's so what you do. We're totally going to get there. Um, but there are 31 <laughs> crosses in the cemetery and they're very basic crosses. They're made of metal piping. Mm-hmm. They're not even like wooden. They're not ornate in any way. They're not marked with names. They're just metal pipes metal, welded together in the ground. And which many people would question why bury anyone on the property if they are children with parents 
who knew where they were and why they were there, why would you have to bury someone on their property? In these crosses, there are no names in the way of identifying who who's there. Are. Um, later on, when they exhumed some of these bodies, it had to be done through dental records. Right. Some of the children, like in this, some of them are in fact parents who had abandoned them. It happens sometimes. Like you see those people who leave older relatives in a nursing home and never visit them. Right. And only come around when that person finally passes on. But some people have been, they moved away from Florida and left their children to the criminal justice system. Some were believed to be killed by the beatings and the abuse and were buried there after they had, the parents were lied to about having them either run away and never saw them again, uh, or that the, they, lied about the cause of death and parents couldn't afford to bury children. And so they left it up to the schools. Um, and so, and especially some of the kids that were listed as runaways, they, I, those are some of the ones I believe were just incinerated after the accidental deaths that occurred and they didn't want to be held accountable. Right. Uh, but the investigations that happened, they did reveal that the school had underreported deaths grossly, grossly including those that had occurred from reasons like gunshot wounds and blunt force trauma. So other deaths took place, like the things in the fire and mm-hmm. at the, the right. flu outbreak, which, which we had didn't mentioned. really document well either, right? At all. But many of the unmarked uh, sites here studied were thought to be of of uh, black students. So Diaz mentioned that there are thirty one people, thirty one marked graves, but twenty four additional people had been found uh, between September and December thirteenth, and they were found under roads. They were found under overgrown trees, well away from those crosses that we had talked about. And they were thought to be the black students who were segregated at the school. Um, They had found that three times as many black students died and were buried at Dozier than the white students. And that some of the boys that had been incarcerated for those non-criminal crimes uh, were the ones who were the youngest and the soonest that had either been killed or had died mysteriously. Uh, And given the history of segregation and racism in the South at the time, black boys were also less likely to be named in historical records, reflecting like the realities that reform life, school life in the South, and especially in the segregated South, just wasn't what federal social reformers thought it would be and more progressive social reformers in the South thought it would be. So this is insane. And like we talked about the closing of the school, yeah, so that happened in 2011. Um, they finally uh, closed, but it wasn't because of all these atrocities. They closed mostly because of budget cuts. They couldn't afford to keep the school open, um, so they closed it. It cost $14 million a year to keep that school uh, running. Um, the Civil Rights Division of the United States Justice Department made the following founding findings about the school, though, which was this... Um, the staff use uh, excessive force, inappropriate isolation, ex- an extent of confinement at the school. This is in December 2011, so this is after it was closed. Right. It is, it's one of those cases for me that seem really close, only because I, like I, was in a, I remember being a kid who felt kind of tossed away and felt that nobody was going to give him a chance and nobody really cared to give him a chance because you had been written off. You were combative, and you didn't pay. You didn't follow rules, and you were a delinquent, or your parents were this. And there were so many kids who talked about how their parents were drunks, and how a lot of times they, if they got caught doing something wrong, it was for stealing because they were hungry and parents right. weren't home. Like things that, like instances of just trying to survive, 
being punished so severely. Like, just, I've, in the fact that, again, lawmakers, investigators showed up time and time and time and time again in right. nothing. I mean, at one point, this place, especially in the beginning, was, like, overseen by the governor. He had picked, like, members and people to supervise it. Mm-hmm. Like, this was something that was overseen by the state. This was not some standalone private thing. Yeah, this was a... It's always state-funded, right. state-run. Yeah. These people were essentially government employees. Right. And feared no repercussion for the way they treated these I mean, children. there are so many deaths at the school. They even believe that there's another cemetery somewhere that they don't know where it is. But that's the thing, too. So the other thing to remember in this is we've talked about how there were two campuses at one point. The North, well, the North was more for the uh, the black kids and the South was for the white kids. Right. And the North campus ends up being closed not too long ago. So I'm going to say 20 years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but because the black kids were up there, I don't know if they've done their fair search of like what's going on in that area, uh, the railroad tracks near there, anything where because if you find if you're finding bodies under roads and things like that, right. like they're purposely building things over where they buried bodies and right. And if you look at the pictures now, we're gonna I'm gonna put them a lot of them on the Facebook page for everyone to see. We all have the Instagram stuff up. That there, this place again is only closed eight years ago. This place is horribly over. If you see the the state that it's in now for only being closed for eight years, you'd want to ask yourself, well, how long was this place being let go right. to look like this? Because it's overgrown. I understand Florida's humid and things like that. But this place was just, things were piled up. Things were crowded. Things were, it was just, right. so I just, I, I can just imagine they, like, the buildings that were reinforced or built over things or what could possibly be, if you think of the instances of like dead nuns and churches, what could possibly be in the walls or the foundation of these buildings? Right. Like, there's so many. The idea that they want to like tear down and build stuff in there is just creepy to me, too. I mean, yeah, I can see how that there yeah, should be a respect thing. Yeah. I, I'm against the idea. I saw some some people uh, in, on Facebook on the comments of these things talking about why not kind of renovate this and make it into a museum. But the other side for everyone to remember is that the White House boys... Yeah, right. <laughs> like, I, I know. <laughs> Follow me through a thought. Um, the White House boys tried to sue the state of Florida for this, but the statute of limitations had to run out, which is an issue for me. Right. And so these these men never found or never saw the justice done upon their abusers. Mm-hmm. And they're never going to get any... They, they got in a formal an apology from right. the state. But that's not... These aren't the people who did it to them. It's the state... These people who are in charge and who feel this compassion are not the people who deserve to be apologized. But I get it. I get inheriting right. this kind of grief and this kind of pain and this kind of atrocity. But turning something into a museum is not the way to do it. I don't need to see my trauma. Right. And no one should... Freaking museum. To be commodified in such <laughs> like, a way. So I feel like... To give what back to the state? Who's getting the money? The victims? Like I don't yeah, even know. If they I don't want, want to that. pay them anything. So right. I feel like if you're gonna build, I mean, I'm not opposed. As crappy as it's gonna sound, to like if it's it's a lot of land that's being set to do nothing with, and it's essentially it's state owned property, so you don't have to pay anybody for it. Um, like if you want, if you were to build something that would like if a center for abuse Abusing. victims or something That's like that, fine. but they would have to let 
every family, like let every archaeologist, let everyone come in, yeah, exhume everything, give people the opportunity to say bye to loved ones. Do the like that that's gonna cost money. I doubt they're gonna do it, but they need to let people exhume bodies and like put their loved ones to rest before they could even think about that. And I would do the whole building, all the schools, both sides, like the whole no, thing would have to be done. Because I think I was watching some of the things on YouTube about this and how people were burying uncles and which is barely any remains left. People were burying teeth and um ground up bones and things like that, burying uncles and family members they never ever met. Right. Because they've been identified. Right. And there was that, did you see the one with the, the older black woman? No. So there was an older black woman, um, I think it was her cousin, and she remembers him going away to the school and never coming home. Wow. And never having, and family never having answers as what happened wow. to him, other than they think he run, they think he ran away. Right. That was their explanation and that's all they got. And there's only so much you could do to press on, you know, 1950s Florida as a black family. Hmm. So it's, so there's so many things that happen because they knew who they could do it to. Right. And it's just, it was just an insane, an insane time. And I hope that everyone who is responsible for this never has a day of rest in whatever heaven or hell that they're in. I'm sorry. I agree. But it's just, it's one of those things where these are babies, man. And I know teenagers are pains in the asses. They are, but they deserve to be treated with respect. I love teenagers, but I'm a weirdo. No, I love teenagers too, but they are... I If anyone who loves teenagers says they're not a pain in the ass, <laughs> like, is, is a liar. I mean, <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm just I really good te- with them. Right, I work with teens all the time, and I, get, I, I can't... to get the respect, and I, I like same. that I have the ability to get that. To they get them to respect me. you and, and to react to you. I need to know. Uh, all the time. <laughs> but they are also pains in the ass. <laughs> Because they make you worry and they do reckless things yeah, because that's absolutely. what they do. But it's like they just deserve so much more. And I, I hate the idea that people believe folks should be treated a certain way, specifically because of some poor choices that they made. Right. Um, don't get me wrong. Some of them were in there for murder and things like that. But I still don't believe, don't believe that right. anybody should be thoroughly abused for months and months and months. And like it just seems. It really doesn't do anything. Right. If you're at that point, I feel like, why are you. Retraumatizing this person over yeah, and over as again. As far as behavioral changes, like, they might. Nothing's going to come of if this. If they get out, they're probably going to do something worse. Right so now, at this point, not... you're you're not rehabilitating anyone. As the point is, what's the point of a penitentiary is, um, is to do that. He's only going to go from there to an adult prison. So you're creating violent, extremely violent prisoners. Don't get me wrong; he already killed somebody. But I think the story I had read about the kid who had put him for murder. I think it was his drunk stepfather. It wasn't even. It, there's so many nuances to these things and mitigating factors that right. if it happened today, we'd give people the benefit of the doubt. Right. Some of them are in there for violent, like beating up people and robbing people. But it's still, I don't believe that abuse is the reaction or the cost or the or the punishment for a crime. It just, it's disgusting. And like I said, I hope that everyone who is involved in this or even remotely involved or attached to this or knew about this, like, I hope their ass itches every day. Can't digest their food properly. Right, or it burns when they pee. Yeah. Things like that. Like, I just, like, I don't, I don't wish death on people because I think that's crazy bad karma. Right. Um, and I don't need that coming back to me in any way, shape, or form. But (laughs) I hope that you, any leaky valves, any incredible inconvenience that could befall you does. And I do feel like the state of Florida needs to to reconcile for this, hundred percent. Oh, absolutely! Like statute of limitations, we need My, to. I think that yeah. needs to be addressed for yeah. institutional abuse in the sixties, seventies, eighties. You 
even if the outcome is minimum, the least they deserve is a trial. I'm sorry, the least. I pay these folks. I would like pay for these, the, their grandchildren's colleges, like something, like offer them like something. Like I know it's not something that nothing's going Please, to take Florida. away the pain and the memory. <laughs> but who's paying for their therapy? Who's paying for like yeah, all these things that like and it's because of the mistreatment. <laughs> Of children in the sixties, we could talk about all the reform schools. I was going to bring up. I was going to say there are many. Yeah, I was going to bring up several of them in this, in the ones in Texas, the ones up north, the one in Massachusetts. That's a whole other case in itself if we wanted to make it one. And just like this, the mistreatment of teenagers because they weren't seen as real people, they weren't seen as viable adults or human beings because they didn't have a say because they weren't really adults, and then they were criminals. So, (sighs) anger. I'm going to go listen to Steven Universe. I haven't had to do the Steven Universe thing since Dean Coral. Thank you, sir. We won't ever have to do it again, I promise. <laughs> no, you don't. Don't give me, especially you. I will have to do it again with the ones that you pick. I'm a bit of a liar. So there... <laughs> Right. But no, it, it, it just, it breaks my heart. It really does to see this. And like, like, like I said, I teared up. Because when it's teenage, when you, when you work closely with teenagers, it's just... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there are times where you want to just yank them up and like, what are you doing? That's but, why I saw the case and was like, nope. Oh, man. Nope. But never in my life would I ever want to. Imagine the kind of person you'd have to be. How detached and you'd have to be to, to wail on. At one point, like, there was, it said five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Like, who, who, like, slave labor. And, like, just. Mm-hmm. Making people work on other people's farms for free. Like, for free. Without food or water. Like, nope. things that they don't feel obligated to to feed the these kids either mm-hmm. they know what they did like i'll be the one to be like you can stay here <laughs> like, I'll be like i would totally start have- an underground railroad for <laughs> teenage like me too i would be like you could come there's only so much we could but also it would have been so much we could do as black folks <laughs> right in the 1950s and before Florida. they come knocking <laughs> so he's like my laptop please but that's it that is the 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 florida school for boys and I cut the story short specifically for my own and your own sake, <laughs> yeah, and all the did. listeners too. I know, yeah, like, there were some. There, if you guys want to know more about what happened, there there are stories that varied in this, and you, there are stories of again, sexual assault and things like that that you could read about if that's what you're interested in. Um, this is a whole organization. Um, there, they do a lot for each other. They do a lot to support each other. I know that one of them just passed away in 2018. Right, I, I think their vice president yeah, uh, was a Billy Pierce. Billy, yeah, yeah. Uh, so like, it's just these people are our grandparents' ages. They're not. It's not like they're they've all Billy they're all dead and gone. Man. He was a very handsome. He was, man. Yeah, I um, and so like some of them, like I know that they've built lives after this is incredible. Right, right. It's the trust issues, like having the. And God, God bless the folks who who have embraced them in the ways that they have, and right. had to walk with them through so much. Y'all, y'all, I'm telling people don't understand the effects of like intense trauma mm-hmm. and what it takes to come back from those things and to love people. To love, right, love you. Not even love you, but marry. love you, you. Love them and love yourself enough right. to love someone else right. and to combat that. Oh man, people have been through so much. I'm gonna go have an alcoholic beverage. I really want a chicken cutlet. I. <laughs> Your your search for a chicken cutlet place is so. If anybody knows a delicious chicken cutlet place in Southwest Connecticut, <laughs> if you can give me a good one, I'll buy you one too. I'll have it delivered to your house from wherever you're. <laughs> He's been looking for a chicken cutlet cutlet place for like a week now. For like two days, relax. <laughs> but then, <laughs> listen, 
Every time that thing pops up on my Facebook, I was like, I need them to get it together. Well, I'll get it together. I'm not continuously posting about it. Why People are commenting on it. Because I don't feel like cooking. That's oh, the thing. Well, okay, well. <laughs> Anyway, where could people find you on the internet? D underscore ISA4 on Instagram and Twitter um, and on the crew. I'm going to be there more often. I haven't been there lately. I've been just adjusting to going back to school. Leave it to me. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I love all of them so much. No, I'm joking. It's um, growing. I love it. It is. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. I don't snap as much as I should, but do it. It's at Charnel B. It's C-H-A-R-N-E-I-L-B. You can find the podcast on Instagram and on Twitter at What Did You Do Pod. Go to our website, whatdidyoudopodcast.com. We are available on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends. SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play. Google, Google Play. Play. And then there's the other. Spoke. I think that's it. That's it? Yeah, that's it. Cool. We're all we're in all those places. All of them. Go listen. Go listen to us. Tell Join your friends us. about us. Tell us all your cases. I'm so excited. We've gotten so many good cases. Great, amazing things cases that we're gonna touch. Probably traumatizing things, yeah. triggering things, yeah. which is right up Thank you know you my alley, I yeah. guess, Thank because I, I don't mind exploring the darker things. I think I think it, there's a justice in that and a dignity in how to do that. So you know what it is about this case. Because we did the Beneshevsky case, and that one was bad, but that one I'm able to handle. But there's so many victims in this case. It's most kids. I would say the majority of kids felt that same thing. The majority of those kids had to grab that headrail mm-hmm. and endure that. There were so many. There's too many. Right. For And for like a whole state. For 111 <laughs> years. <laughs> right. Like not a hundred. Well, I wouldn't say 111 years because we don't know. Like Towards there the was end, no violence, no extreme violence found in the last like 11 or 15 years of their history. Mm-hmm. But for the first 80 years, right? How many kids? Hundreds and thousands of inmates had gone through the Florida School for Boys, right? And it wasn't just Mr. Tidwell, Mr. Hatton. There was other people there, like the the inter age things that were happening right. and attacks. Like, oh. So while like the Beneshevsky case is interesting to me, this one is a lot. So. Yeah, again, I don't know how I found it, but here we are. So, guys, talk to people. If this is if this is something, if you've experienced or are experiencing abuse by the hands of people who are charged with your safety, people who are supposed to be your parents, your loved ones, please get with someone. Tell someone it's important that you get the help uh that you need and that you deserve and that you're you deserve dignity and respect and you're valuable and you deserve to be safe and affirmed and there are people out here who know exactly what you're dealing with and what you're going through and are willing to help you work through those things um and be much like these white house boys much like me as an abuse survivor there there's life after those things and it might not be the life that you expected to have because trauma does change you and change what you want and how you navigate life where there's something so much better than what you're dealing with right now uh, once you get out of that. And um, if you're in really desperate times, feel free to reach out to me or the webpage or whatever. I will direct you to where you need to go in your state. Do that. Secrets make you sick. Yes. They really do. It doesn't make sense to have to hold it in by yourself. Um, so that's it. Adios. Bye. Take care of yourselves.